Welcome to Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. My name is Heidi, and I am so excited to be here. To kick off this podcast, I want to tell my language story to give you all more insight into my language life. As I said in the introduction episode, there are three very distinct areas of my language learning journey. Being an adult language learner, a parent of two little language learners learning the community language where we live, and the perfectionist. Now, these areas aren't mutually exclusive, but they're different enough that I want to give my whole story over the course of three episodes, one for each of these three areas. So today, this is my story about Heidi, the language learner. I grew up in Kentucky in the southern United States, where English was the only language around me. I remember from a young age that I was always really fascinated by languages, though, and the idea that someone could actually speak more than one was like a superpower that I thought was so incredibly interesting. But I always thought learning a second language for me was completely inaccessible until high school because that was the first time they were introduced in our public schools. So in high school, I really wanted to learn German, but I was told that German was really difficult and I was only interested in making the highest grades possible. So I ended up taking Spanish because all of my friends took it. Everyone seemed to do very well. And there was this idea that it was just an easier language to learn. And my top priority really was just to make good grades. I took two semesters of Spanish in high school and basically repeated those same two semesters in college. I made the highest grades, so I met my goal there, but I was just really good at memorizing vocabulary and grammar rules. Even after those four semesters, I couldn't really speak at all. I couldn't formulate a sentence on my own, but I still knew inherently that academic learning wasn't the same as practical learning. But I left high school and college Spanish classes feeling really disappointed, and I assumed I just wasn't the kind of person who could learn a language. I gave up completely trying to learn Spanish, but I still felt some sort of connection with languages. I just found them so interesting. And I remember a few times in college going online and searching for like the Korean alphabet or Japanese or something and starting to write it down, do a little bit of research, but I never had the right motivation or know-how for, for moving forward and really learning anything. About three years after college, I met my now husband and his parents are native German speakers. Though they had lived in the United States for decades and were fluent in English, I still thought this was going to be a really good opportunity for me to learn German. Deep down, I wanted to learn the language, so I bought a book with a CD and I started with some enthusiasm, but I was still self-learning in this classroom-style way. I was memorizing vocabulary and going through all the exercises in the book from beginning to end, making sure they got everything correct without doing much review or speaking on my own or anything of the sort. So, of course, this soon fell by the wayside. I gave up, and I actually felt a lot of guilt, though, every time I would see that book on the shelf. I added too old to my list of reasons I can't learn language. I was 25 at the time, but I just told myself, well, I must be too old. I didn't learn this in childhood. It's probably never going to happen. Fast forward to 2017, and my family and I found out that we were moving to Italy for my husband's job. I was 33 years old at the time, but this was going to be my chance. Immersion is probably that missing piece that was holding me back from learning a language in the past. In preparation for moving to Italy, I did nothing language-wise. I was really busy, of course, but the biggest reason was I was going to rely on my immersion experience to make me fluent, to make me learn a language. After arriving in Italy, I, of course, quickly found out that I didn't understand anything around me. I couldn't read signs or even ask where the bathroom was. So I found Duolingo and started playing around with it. And this was really good for learning some basic vocabulary. 
I took two Italian as a second language courses that were taught in English. But again, I learned in that classroom style way that I had always done in the past. I crammed vocabulary before classes. I didn't do much homework outside of the class. And I definitely didn't practice talking much at all if I wasn't really, really comfortable saying a specific phrase or something. And I was making progress over time. After about a year, year and a half, I could find myself having small conversations, especially with Google Translate there to help. But after, after that one-year mark, doubt really started to creep in heavily. I felt a lot of pressure from the teachers at my daughter's school, who often asked me if we spoke Italian at home. And since I didn't speak Italian, we didn't speak it at home. So I felt like we were definitely missing something there. And there was just this sort of unspoken one-year mark, something about that one year that I felt internally, I should be able to do this by now. I should be able to be out and having these fluent conversations. And then that's not even talking about all the other things that were going on in my life at the time. I wasn't just sitting around spending all of my time studying Italian and getting nowhere. I was going back to grad school studying math. I had to study for my comprehensive exams that were going on that year, the summer of our one-year mark. I had a toddler at home, and I was just generally trying to do it all. So one day during that summer, I went to my online web browser and typed in how to become fluent in Italian quickly. I felt like I had lost so much time, and I was really looking for a quick fix. I didn't really want to know how to become fluent in Italian. I wanted something that would make me fluent in Italian. I felt the need to prove myself, so I needed something that was going to get me to fluency quickly in order to prove that I was doing this or that I could do it, I guess. And I don't really know what I expected to find when I did that search, but I remember the day so, so distinctly. It was like I needed something to tell me that my experience was normal or maybe something to validate my struggles. But all I really found was ad after ad for expensive programs promising fluency in six months or three months or speaking with confidence in just one week. Of course, all of those programs were very enticing, and so I ended up purchasing one. I purchased the entire program because, of course, I was going to want all of the content that's available to me. And it really was a good program. It included listening and reading with some lesser levels of speaking and writing. It was full of vocabulary, and it was outlined in a very logical manner, as far as I understood Italian language acquisition. So I started one lesson a day from the very beginning of the program, lesson one. The only method that made sense to me was to do this thing from beginning to end, even though the first entire section of beginner-level content was review for me at this point. I remember feeling really afraid of missing critical vocabulary or grammar. If I skipped ahead, I was going to miss something. Maybe there's some word that I don't know. And and I really had this all or nothing thinking. I was completely obsessed with getting 100% on every single activity within this program. Even if I had only made a typing mistake or if I had to repeat a word 50 times because a computer microphone didn't acknowledge my pronunciation... I still spent my time and mental energy worrying about getting 100% on everything. And probably not very surprisingly, I got really bored. I let one day slip, I let two days slip, a week went by and I hadn't logged in, and eventually I just stopped using the program altogether. But again, I felt a lot of guilt, this time over the cost and the lack of time that I spent on it, which really looking back was more of a lack of desire to do this specific program. 
The funny thing is, looking back, I had never considered just moving ahead to new content. It was all or nothing. Either I start from the beginning and go to the end, or I don't do it at all. And when I decided to stop spending time in this program, I felt again like I was just back to square one. So this time, the things I told myself was, I'm not the kind of person who can learn languages, I'm too old, and I don't have time. I really felt, most of all, like I was missing some magic key somewhere. After all, I'm an intelligent human being, I'm living in the country where this language is spoken, I want to learn the language, what is wrong with me, what am I missing? And so I started to look at other non-native speakers. I have a Tunisian friend, for example, who I had just started to get to know better around this time. And I asked her one day how long it took her to feel like she was fluent in Italian. And her response was that it took her six months. And already my mind was blown. I, I was so far behind. I had already been there for over a year and I was really, really at a very beginner level still. And after a while I realized, well, she's a native French and Arabic speaker, so she already has a bilingual life, and one of those languages is a romance language, so I'm sure that had something to do with her quick acquisition. And when she arrived in Italy, she didn't yet have children, and when I arrived, I did. So our available time for being able to learn and practice was completely different. But I still wanted to learn from her experience, and so I asked what she had done to learn the language. And she said the biggest thing for her was watching TV, especially kids' TV like Peppa Pig, and shadowing the things that she heard and then using it out in the community. So one day I turned on Peppa Pig while folding laundry, and I had no subtitles because in my mind that would be cheating. I should be able to do this. And I picked up on some words, but I couldn't follow every word. Even though I knew what was going on in the episode, not being able to understand every single word made me feel very, very frustrated. But I kept asking questions, and someone else recommended trying to do something I enjoy, but in Italian. Well, I enjoy reading. So I went to the supermarket one day, and I ended up seeing the book Il Diario, The Diary of Anne Frank. Now, this is a story I'm really familiar with. I love reading about the history of everything at this time. So I thought this is probably a good book for me to start with. From the very first page, I looked up every single word that I didn't know. And obviously, I made very slow progress through the book. I enjoy reading, but I was making such little progress that this really wasn't fun for me. And looking back, I could really only understand maybe about 80% of my daughter's first grade reading material. But again, in my mind, I thought I should be able to read this 7th or 8th grade level book. And despite that reality, I continued to feel like a failure and like I was just making such little progress. Now, another aspect of this whole story that I haven't mentioned yet, but it was definitely a constant throughout this entire time, is that we were living our lives almost entirely in English. My husband's co-workers were English-speaking. The first Italian friends we met spoke English. That's how we made friends, was finding people who could communicate with us. We had access to translation services for things like doctor's visits and parent-teacher conferences. Of course, whenever we traveled, we went to bigger cities, and restaurant and hotel workers spoke English. And of course, that's not to say that every single thing was in English. I went to the outdoor market weekly where I could ask questions about the things I wanted to buy. In cafes or restaurants, we could order our food. The local bookstore and pharmacy didn't have workers who spoke English, so I had to rely on my Italian when I needed help in those businesses. But I still relied on English as much as possible. And I used Google Translate a lot, even when I didn't really need it. I just felt more comfortable because I could use it in order to not make mistakes. I was very afraid of making mistakes and looking like I couldn't speak instead of just trying to speak and seeing if the people understood me. 
I knew this life in English was hurting my language acquisition, but I didn't know that there's actually a phrase for it until I heard the words expat bubble. As soon as I learned about this phenomenon, I said, that's what we've been doing. That's our lives. We've put ourselves in this bubble of English speakers because it's comfortable and because we can actually communicate and not feel completely lost and other. But it was definitely hindering my immersion experience because it completely took away that need to learn the community language. So for several more months, I kept doing what I could with the language, but overall I felt just lost and unfocused. I listened to music, I helped my daughter with her homework, chatted with the moms at school, of course kept playing with Duolingo, but there was never any focused progress, and it felt really heavy. And my negative self-talk at this time became really, really loud. Kept telling myself, I should be able to do this, I'm too old, I'm not a language learner, and it really overshadowed all of the progress that I was making. And amid all of this negativity, we arrive in 2020, and COVID found itself in Italy, and we were on lockdown. Now, lockdown was immensely hard, of course, but as far as my Italian language story goes, it was really a defining moment for me. The first priority was my daughter's schooling. As far as the language goes, she was having online meetings a few times a week, and I could listen in, and I also had to participate more in her assignments and reading material for homework because as a non-native speaker, she needed as much support she could get, and when there was no physical classroom setting, her native input was diminished. And as the weeks passed, I realized I could understand the teachers and the assignments without needing to translate near as much. And I felt really hopeful, probably for the first time since we had gotten to Italy. And even better, it made the time that we spent together doing school a lot less stressful for us. And the second major change during lockdown was that I had more time to do things. Or probably more accurately, with kids at home and my husband teleworking often, I had to create time for myself. I had to be very, very intentional with how I spent the moments of my day. Otherwise, not only would I fall apart, but our whole family would. So I started waking up about an hour earlier than usual in order to have italki lessons, which I found for the very first time during lockdown. I also learned how to double up on the things that I want to do and the things I need to do. So I would listen to language learning or Italian podcasts while folding laundry or doing other house chores that I needed to do. Most days during lockdown, we ended up with really nice weather and so the kids could play outside. For exercise while they were playing outside, I would walk around our yard for hours listening to Italian music and podcasts, discovering new language apps, and really just creating a less rigid way to participate in my own language acquisition. During most of lockdown at night, I would read second grade level books in Italian to my kids. And we never stopped to translate anything unless there was like an entire paragraph that left us feeling completely confused. And I could understand the stories. I still wasn't really focused on learning anything specific during this time, but I was taking in more and putting a lot more pieces together. I wasn't trying to reach a certain level in particular, but I was just kind of soaking it all in. And this is the big thing that lockdown provided for me in my language story, is that it forced me to slow down. I was able to really see my progress, especially with how much content I understood, and I had a much better picture of what I didn't know, which then allowed me to be able to focus on those things instead of worrying about missing something that some program provides. Another thing that I discovered during lockdown, and I don't know how I didn't know this was out there before, but I discovered the online language learning community, specifically for me through Instagram. I found so many more people whose language lives were similar to mine. 
as expats, parents, or adult language learners. And I still kept feeling like something was missing. I found parents who were speaking their non-native language at home with their children, but maybe their spouse was also fluent. I found adults learning Italian for the first time, but many of them already spoke other romance languages at advanced levels. I found first-time language learners, but maybe they didn't have children at home. It seemed like no one else had the same set of language struggles as I did, but in this community, I gained so many various perspectives, and I finally began to understand that my story is unique, just like everyone else's. No one else is going to have my story, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that I'm alone. This thing that I was missing isn't something that's just outside of my control. It's that I needed to learn to work with what I had. I didn't have to create some big thing from scratch with some new magical method of language learning. I just needed to learn to work with what I had. One of the things that came out of this realization was becoming mindful of my personal qualities. Really paying attention to what I like and don't like, my habits, my time, my tendencies, and then leveraging these things to maximize the quality of my language learning. Now, right after lockdown, I'll never forget the first time I saw my Tunisian friend again. I saw her from across the road, and I ran across, gave her a big hug, forgetting all social distancing rules, and we began speaking in Italian, and very quickly she complimented my speaking skills and told me that I've really improved. And I was taken aback at first, but I realized that what I had been doing, this slowing down and mindfulness and not rigidly classroom studying, was working. And I began to notice over the next year that many people complimented my Italian. Some of those were people I had spoken to prior to lockdown who were able to really see the differences I had made. And others were new acquaintances that I was conversing with for the first time who were really surprised to find out that I'd only been learning the language for a couple years. And it felt so good to see my real work finally paying off. Fast forward a little bit to 2021 and my family found out that we would be moving to Germany. Because I had always wanted to learn German, even though I had avoided it because I was told it was really difficult, I knew I was going to learn it. Again, immersion was going to be the key, but this time I actually had some experience under my belt that would be absolutely critical for having a much better journey. Now, we just moved only about seven months ago, so my German story is still really young, but it's been a lot better in many ways than my Italian had been at this point. Now, I could probably fill an entire episode on what I've done different this time versus last. And in fact, I probably will do that in the future. But what's really made the biggest difference, I have to say, has been that mindfulness. I am very clear on my language goals, and I'm realistic about the amount of time and legitimate work that goes into reaching those goals. I choose study material and activities that are effective for me. For example, I don't like flashcards. I despise them. So I finally gave up doing those guilt-free. I love reading, but I'm realistic about the level at which I can read. So I read everything I can, no matter how small, only looking up words I don't know that I can't figure out through context, and then using those words in my own reading or speaking. I know my tendency to rely on English, that thing that led me to the expat bubble, and I know I don't like it, so I know I want and need to practice speaking German before asking others if they speak English. And then if it feels right, I can even continue speaking German, even if others respond to me in English. So to give an example, we went out to eat with some of my husband's coworkers, and our entire table was speaking English. The server came and took our orders and asked all the questions in English. When she got to me, I ordered my food in German, and she asked me something in English, like if I would like fries or a salad, and I responded to her in German. 
Later the same evening, when paying the bill, her half of the exchange was in English and my half was still in German. So even though she gave me the knowledge that I could use English if I wanted to, I continued to speak German and she continued to do what was comfortable for her and we had a full exchange and it gave me really good speaking practice in a comfortable environment. Knowing other qualities about myself has been really useful this time as well. For example, I know I can concentrate better when the physical space around me is neat and organized. So sometimes that means folding the laundry first thing in the morning so that when my kids go to school, I have focus time for studying. I also know that if I don't do any language stuff before noon, it's probably not going to happen. So I really have to be mindful of how I schedule appointments or spend the rest of my morning. Knowing and accepting these things about myself has truly maximized the quality and quantity of my language learning time in a pretty low-stress environment. And one of the best consequences of this is that I'm so much more aware of my progress and my successes. So for this move to Germany, I did start learning the language before we got in country. I started studying about six months before we arrived. And progress was really slow from the beginning But this time, that was the expectation. Given my life circumstances, there is no fast way for me to learn language, and slow and steady is completely okay. During those first six months or so of learning German, I was still working heavily with Italian while we were still living in country. And just the planning and preparation for the move was incredibly time-consuming. In addition to that, we had the emotional and mental burden of leaving the place that we had loved and had started to call home, And and that took a lot out of me. German wasn't the main priority at that time, but I knew all the small things that I could do would add up. During the moving process, from preparing the move, actually driving, and then living in a hotel for several weeks while house hunting, I decided this time to set a very realistic goal. The only goal I had for my languages during that time was to touch Italian and German every day. In order to do this and it be meaningful, I had to get very, very clear on what counts for me. Be it reading, writing, listening, speaking, taking in content from language learning apps or programs, I had to know what I would consider touching. For reading, it could be reading an Instagram post in my target languages. I could write a text message to an Italian friend. I could listen to music, podcasts, or even conversations around me when we were in public ordering coffee, or asking where the bathroom is in German. All of those things, no matter how small, counted for me. As far as taking in content, doing a lesson in Duolingo or any other app would count for me. And the main thing that was different for me here was that I didn't make myself finish it. If I was having a really busy day, I may only have had time for half of a lesson while standing in line at a store or before the kids started yelling for me, So even if I didn't finish a lesson and my streak went away, that was okay. I had learned or reviewed something useful, even if it was only three sentences worth. I just had to make the languages work for me in my life situation at the time. And what happened during this move to a new country with a new language is that I never got off track or felt completely overwhelmed because of language expectations. When my life situation finally allowed for adding in a little more study time, I seamlessly picked up more without the stress of feeling behind or overwhelmed with everything that was still left to learn. Instead, I just added little things at a time that added up to a lot more study and practice time. Something else that really helped in the busyness of the move and that I've continued to do since then is tracking my progress. 
When we first arrived in Germany, for example, I decided I wanted to speak to 12 people in German. And I didn't give myself any particular time frame. I just wanted to see that I was doing it. And this idea gave me the boost to actually try speaking German and not rely on English. It also helped motivate me when new neighbors who didn't speak English would come to our door and introduce themselves. Instead of being afraid or deer in the headlights look of I don't know what's going on, this goal of wanting to speak to 12 people allowed me to just start saying something. And within this goal, again, I got to decide what counted. From ordering food at a restaurant or over the phone to having small conversations about ourselves and where we're from, I decided that for myself. I also tracked these conversations in my phone. Every time something would happen, I would go to my phone, put in the date and a quick note of what the conversation was about. And within a couple of months, this allowed me to see with proof that I had done it. I had spoken to 12 people in German. Without tracking that, I know that I would have completely diminished that accomplishment. Just ordering food or just saying where we're from. They're basic. They're too easy. I know how to do these things. But that's the point. I do know how to do these things. And a year before, I couldn't do it. And even better, the native speakers on the other side of the conversation understood me. And I understood them enough to follow the conversation all the way to the end. There was so much joy and motivation derived from this experience of tracking my speaking. Not being critical of what I said or timing how long I spoke. But just seeing that I was speaking. It was absolutely thrilling. And I won't paint a picture-perfect image of my German story. I have definitely been frustrated. I've had doubts. There's been plenty of moments of switching to English or using Google Translate or not having any idea what's going on around me. But the difference between this and my Italian story is my expectations and my mindset. I know it's going to take time. I know there will be mistakes made. And I can learn from them instead of beating myself up over them. It's okay to use English or translation tools when it's best for the given situation. If I'm moody or tired or stressed or frustrated, I can rely on English if I need to. And that doesn't mean that I failed. This isn't all or nothing. It just means I'm doing what I need to do in that moment to complete the task at hand. Being mindful of my unique personal characteristics, getting very clear on what counts for me in language learning, and taking note of my real progress and acknowledging all those little wins along the way have made such a major difference in how I learn languages and how I feel about the languages and how I feel about myself as a language learner. So my language learning story is still really young. I've been learning languages for less than five years. But I have very big goals with both Italian and German. And I can finally say that my unique journey has allowed me to start making real, sustainable progress that will help me reach those goals in a realistic amount of time. And this is the most effective part of my strategy to learning languages as an adult and creating my own path that allows me to make progress in my languages every single day. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm really amazed that you stuck with me for this long. Thank you for listening to the first part of my story. Next time, I'm going to talk about myself as the parent of two little language learners. I have two children, two different genders, two different ages, with two very different experiences learning Italian and German, plus learning to read and write in English. I've made all the parenting mistakes you can possibly imagine. So please join me for a very real and vulnerable chat about what I've done wrong, 
what I've learned, and what we're trying to do as a family moving forward. I can't wait to be here. Thank you for coming. Until next time, ciao.